There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bed, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. No, I'm Emily. Did you know you can't do that without closing your eyes? I wondered why you were looking at me. Because you have to scrunch up your face while you say that. I was trying to say it peppy. You still scrunch up your face. It looks funny. It was a scrunchy pep. I know what that is. You, you just experienced it. It was weird. Another show, another milestone, because we're wrapping up season 10 of Angel, or, you know, 7 or 8, depending on how you're counting, or 10. Or ten. Definitely not nine. Or maybe if you counted the rest of the IDW stuff we didn't do. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We are at another finale. <laughs> Angel has just kept on plugging along. And we're at the finale of this season before the current season. Yeah, our penultimate season. And what I'm going to call the last good Angel story. Harsh. Oh no, I'll be a lot harsher next season. Anyway. Oh, we're going to... We will save that bitterness what? for then. <laughs> yeah, let's steal what we have at hand. As always with this season, it is written by Victor Gershler with art by Will Conrad. And this one is called A Tale of Two Families. It works. Yes, it is A Tale well, of Two I, Families. I don't know. We don't always talk about the titles of the arcs. This one works. I like it. Yeah. It's like a play on some kind of title. I appreciate that for this trade edition of the graphic novels, whatever, that it's actually called A Tale of Two Families, and the whole arc within it is called A Tale of Two Families, unlike last time. It is what it is. We start off this story in the residence of British, jolly old British. His name is Niles. Niles Weatherford. I... Look, it's hard to be a little more British than Niles Weatherford. I read that probably four times because I kept wanting it to say Giles. So I was like, Giles? No. Giles? No. Giles? Miles? No. <laughs> Niles. And we see Niles, the father of that schoolgirl whose name I'm forgetting now. Oh, yeah. Was it Mary? Something like that. Martha? The Mary Mary Quite Contrary. Yeah, so it was Mary. Yeah, it was Mary. Yeah. Good job to me. Plain and tall Mary, yeah. Yeah. No. Still (laughs) Sarah. Every time. But if we remember correctly, her father is some fancy art investigator. Not what that's called. Museum curator. Art investigator it is. It kind of does. And he receives a phone call from the museum saying, like, hey, remember that statue we gave you to investigate? We're going to need that back. You Again, know. not the right verb. Study? He's oh. an art historian? Look, he's trying to figure out what this mysterious statue is. And Niles. We shall call him Niles. That's his name, to I be suppose. fair. Is trying to determine the origin of this unknown giant statue, a hollow statue, when all of a sudden there's a ding-dong at the door. And he goes, who could it be at this hour? And who could it be? Someone who can only go out in the moonlight. And someone who can't come in uninvited. Yeah, so that's inconsistent. Yay, Drew. It's Drusilla. Do you remember that earlier in the season, vampires seemed to just come willy-nilly like they were jumping into the dearest place without an invite through a window? Yeah, but I wondered if the new vampires don't need an invite. You found a loophole. (laughs) Had you never thought of that? Nope. Okay, well, there you go. Although, in that case, why did they send Drew and not a new vampire? Anyone else, I suppose. But whatever, they send Drew or Drew sends herself, unclear. Yeah, she's like, pardon me, may I use your telephone? He, you know, I don't really like Niles, he's kind of a dick. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm a very private person. Nobody comes in except my daughter, and she's on holiday with her mother. Okay, except it saves Niles' life here, so. I suppose. So I guess, you know, moral of the story, be a curmudgeon. Already there. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Do you really need that? Do I need inspiration? No. 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 
And he slams the door in Drew's face. Once again, we have returned to two M's with our slams. Slam! And she gets back in the car with good old Angus, you know, our football-loving friend. I liked it better when he called him Agnes. Can we go back to calling me Agnes instead? I cut that. Oh. That was a slip of the tongue, probably because I just watched The Simpsons. Oh, is there an Agnes in The Simpsons? Yes, Skinner's mother. Oh. Or not really his mother, because he's Armin Tanzarian, but they ignore that hard. I don't really know what any of those words were in that order, but that's okay, because we are moving back to more vampires. Yeah, and Angus is like, hey, Arceus will be upset with you. She's like, just drive, my pretty. I do like Drew. Well, she actually says, just drive. My vicious little rose petal, much better than what I said. So much better. And so we cut over to some more vampires. I do want to kind of just focus on this. Okay. Just for a quick second. Uh, Because we're going to see some weird fluctuation with Drew's dialogue throughout this arc. Mm -hmm. Like, this is 100% Drew. Yes. But then later on, she's going to have a very coherent conversation, just straight, like, point A to point B. I know. I didn't really like it. Sorry, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. We didn't compare notes ahead of time. We usually do, but we forgot to this time, I guess. Or chose not to. Either one. Whatever. Yeah, and then we cut to an action scene where a vampire in a bowler hat looking like he's from the 40s, including his weird three-piece suit. And his umbrella. Yeah, what? what is but this? But his black fingernails. I don't know. He's... Steampunk? Pu- maybe. But with no steam. Lots of punk. And a bowler. Yeah. Steam bowler? Yeah. Does he have his own bowling ball and shoes? Only the coolest people do. Okay. So, they're chasing after this poor kid, and they're like, we're gonna get you. And he snags our our fun steampunk vampire. Well, he's, he snags the little blighter, as he says. Yeah, with his umbrella. Yeah. But just as he's about to bite him, he gets shot in the back of the crossbow. And he's like, What? And we see many times, I really wish I remember they played some kind of role that we might have named them. There's been a couple, we've referred to them as like an interspecies couple, an interracial couple. An intermagic couple. <laughs> yeah, I think I once referred to it as interspecies erotica. Awkward. You didn't like it? No. Well, I still don't. <laughs> so consistent. And it's, we'll name them finally, Trisha and Parker. Trisha is the demon-y one, Parker is the normal one. Who is the guy that um, Buffy had that one night stand with. Was he also a Parker? He was also Parker. I feel like we needed a different name. <laughs> Probably. How many Parkers can be in this world? Two. One is British. Yeah. So the vampires, you know, aren't dead from the one crossbow to the back of a shoulder. And they go to attack Parker and Trisha, only for Faith to dive into the fray. And Angel. Yeah, and they... Well, Faith does it first. ...are yelling to Trisha and Parker the whole time, saying, giving them tips on what to do next time. Like, your crossbow takes forever to load, so make sure you get that first shot off really well, because it's probably the only shot you're going to get for a little while, and... Yeah, I don't know why they're just not using guns. We've established that guns work. Just go to guns. I know. And Angel and Faith kill two out of the three vampires, and Faith is like, I'll keep doing patrols for the meantime, and Angel's like, yes... We shall all do patrols in around this area for the meantime. I mean, guns are illegal in England. Yeah, and Australia. Yeah, but... As this isn't in Australia. No. I mean, it's also Magic Town, so... I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Y- you got me again with your logic. And they give them some lovely fighting tips, and they say, that's enough for tonight. To return to the home of Rupert Giles, even though it's not really his home anymore. It's the home of Sophie and Lavinia. Oh, boy. What are you all boring now? These pages. Okay, the- so... <laughs> We've reached a point in which there's a really good idea that's happening across 
these next couple of pages, and important things are said, and important things happen, but they happen in kind of an odd fashion in terms of art and dialogue. Yeah. Fred goes to Angel, because Fred's there. Everyone's there. Fred, Sophie, Lavinia, Co. Fred says, the one, the one that got away. Do you think he heard you? And Angel goes, I think so. Here's the theory, Fred. Or, you know, two full pages of exposition. And the quick version is, they're saying that they're going to patrol Magic Town so that Archaeus stops sending out patrols if he thinks there's going to be a heavy presence there so we can keep his numbers up so that they can go beyond Magic Town to look for Nadira and also Archaeus. Which is a good plan, by the way. That makes perfect sense. There's a couple of problems here because I do not want to do all the dialogue for these two pages. Number one, it flows weird. It's weird to explain the plan after they've already implemented it. I get the idea that you want to start off the issue with kind of an action-y scene, but these two scenes should be flipped so it doesn't feel like exposition after the fact versus coming up with a plan. Yeah, and also you could have handled this because we could have gleaned some of those things from the first scene, or you could have put more of the plan into the first scene such that this second scene of exposition doesn't need to feel like that's all we're getting out of it. The other big problem with this is we have two pages of exposition talking about this plan, and... By the end of the issue, they completely abandon it for a different plan. Yeah. Not even by the end of the arc, by the end of the issue. Yeah, so it's not like, you know, a couple, you know, like, oh, the next month they thought, oh, we'll switch it up. No, literally by the end of the issue, this whole plan is abandoned. It's a waste of time. And then, boy, we really could have used a second pass on the dialogue because Angel just likes to repeat the same thing over and over again. Within four panels of each other, Angel uses the same phrase twice. I'm talking about Faith going away to America and then, I guess, Central America. Yeah. He goes, somebody needs to stay home and mind the store and Magic Town. Side note, the store is Magic Town. That's what a metaphor is, Angel. Mm-hmm. And then Angel and Faith get into a fight because Angel's trying to take over and saying that he's going to actually keep patrolling anyway and yells at Faith for leaving. He goes, when you left town, I had to take care of everything myself. Somebody had to mind the store while you were getting it together. Stop saying mind the store. You said it twice. In four not, panels. It's it's not a common phrase. Once would have been fine. Twice is, oops, we did a bad job editing this. Okay, and here's the other thing, too. Angel gets all huffy about Faith leaving again for the millionth time, but it doesn't even go anywhere. I legitimately forgot about that until we started talking about these exact two pages. Yeah. Because you feel like that should bring about a sort of tension or something that's going to be, you know, an undercurrent that they can't quite work together during all of these things that are going to happen. No, it's legitimately just yeah, um, Angel being petty. Gratefully, for the most part, the arc turns itself around from this point, but ooh. It's a rough two pages yeah, of dialogue. Not a good start. Like I mean, they should have flipped these scenes. Yeah. Whatever. You could have kept them in this order, but it... Yeah, I mean, they did, so it's not like I have any you know voice on it now, but... And going away from one family squabble, we go to another. With Drew and Arceus. And Arceus is very upset that she couldn't get into good old Niles' home to grab the statue. And Drew's like, I have another plan. It's working, I promise. Yeah, because they have Nadira. And Arceus wants to get Angel. And then he wants to get Spike. And you know what? Between the Master, Darla, Drew, Angel, Spike, you feel like there should be some other powerhouse vampires in there. Maybe expand your family line a little bit. Nope, just those ones. I mean, Darla's gone, so I guess you're down to a potential three, but come on. And two of them turned good. Work your way outside of that weird incestuous little circle. Yeah. 
And Arceus mentions that he has a particular soft spot for Drew, and he keeps calling her his daughter. That's actually going to come back. Yeah, that's weird. Because they're family. I also thought it was kind of strange for him to call Angel her brother, just because she's always referred to Angel as, like, daddy. Right. Or other weird variations on that term. But they have Nadir in a cage, and, you know, I will give them absolute credit for this. Usually you see, like, the villain will capture one of the heroes and not kill them for some reason that's totally not plausible. But for this one, it works, because they might need Nadir to help bring the magic over to their side. So keeping her alive actually makes story sense. Right. It's so rare, though. Just It was like, aha, I've kidnapped you as bait. Just kill him, usually. But in this, well, it doesn't work in this case. It's kind of like when Riley and his companions were kidnapped in Central America, and they were being killed off one by one, and conveniently the only ones who survived were the ones whose names we knew. Uh, I mean, you know... You don't want you don't want to overeat, and you don't want your food to spoil. I'll buy that one. Yeah, but the fact that only the people that we know their names survived. Yeah, they're called red shirts. I don't know what that means. That is a Star Trek reference. And Angel has walked out of the home, and he's sitting outside on the stoop. And Faith follows him. They, you know, have a little heart to heart. They're like, "I'm sorry, I left. It never occurred to me that leaving someone could hurt them more than staying." And Angel's like, "I bottle emotions and then blow up." Wow. Yeah, and that's two pages summed up. <laughs> I boiled that down. Yeah, this first issue especially... There's a lot of talking about their feelings, which it's a soap opera, so I guess you have to do a point, but they talk about their feelings a lot. I guess the other thing, too, is that because none of this comes back, I'm just kind of like, well, all right. Well, some of the dialogue is a little weird for me, too, as Angel talks about how much that he's... He likes to fly solo, and, you know, he's always worked by himself and blah, blah, blah. Like, buddy, you've been working... With a team of people for the better part of 20 years. Right. There was Angel Investigations. There's there all the stuff on Buffy. Like, you have not been by yourself by any stretch of the imagination. Well, and also, when he was with Drew and Spike and Darla, that's a team. He had about 100 years of being sad in an alley, eating rats. <laughs> one alley. He didn't leave that one alley. I guess he might He was have... sad in the one alley. So now that Angel and Faith have talked out their feelings, Angel comes back and he's like, we're going to win. Why? Because we're a team. It's not a good inspirational sports speech, but he means it to be. He tries. So we cut back to Niles with his statue, and he's making notes on it. And he's saying that that this statue, it's bronze, but there's all sorts of odd markings on it. There's some hieroglyphics. There's some runes. There's all sorts of a mix of writings, ancient writings. And he's like, I don't even know where to start with this. And its shoulders are skulls. Yes. And he also says that it's like if all of the best bronze craftsmen got together and made a statue and all together. crafted some bronze. Yes. He also mentions that it's like a container more than it is a statue. Hmm. Because it's hollow on the inside. What an ominous statement he's making. I hope that they follow through on this ominous statement, unlike something else. Zane Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> Evil company that disappeared. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. We're not going to worry about that. Isn't it weird? They just disappear. I was probably going to talk about it at the end. I'll say it now. It is weird, actually. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, I think they wanted you to because that was definitely set up to be a thing. It was set up to be a thing. And is they dropped it like it was hot. Yeah, because our case was better. Yeah, they're probably like, eh. It's not that fun of a villain. We've done an evil corporation before with Angel. <laughs> Worked better last time. Yeah, so, you know, Zane is never coming back. Oh, well, good to know. Maybe they really weren't dissecting people maybe they're just a pharmaceutical company and they were collecting hilarious blood for some reason just for purely research purposes apparently because never comes up again well (laughs) isn't that fun at that moment niles's phone rings it's like who could it be at this hour 
And it turns out it's the museum director who's calling to say, I'm so sorry, but due to a change in liability, we really need to have the statue back on museum prop, uh, premises. We can't have it in your house anymore. And then we cut to the next panel, and everybody else in the museum is dead. Because Drusilla is standing over her shoulder, blood dripping from her mouth. And this woman is streaming tears, but is somehow talking calmly and coherently enough that it doesn't raise any alarms. Yeah. Who does that? What kind of phone is that? One of those ones that kind of flip up. Yes. What are those? A slidey phone. But it's not a current phone. It's not a phone from 2016. It's an old person phone. Or an old book, because doesn't that make you angry when things are not consistent with the yeah, timeline? Whatever. I gave up. I gave up. Before we started the show, I had ideas. Now I've just given up. Okay, great. I'm glad that we broke your spirit. <laughs> it kind of did. It only took 48 episodes. 48 episodes. <laughs> I think they kind of got me last time. 47. <laughs> <laughs> it really died. This is just... Maybe she has a phone from 2009. It's the year everything happened, <laughs> apparently. 2009! Ridiculous! Did you know Uber and Grindr started in 2009? I've never considered when Uber or Grindr started. Angel receives a phone call on a much more modern phone. Yes, definitely smartphone-esque. And it's from Inspector Brandt, who is turned away from us. Yes. And he's saying that he knows exactly where Angel can find Archaeus, because some work crews in the stores just north of Magic Town have reported strange activity. It's setting off red flags. So Angel goes, cool, I'm going to totally abandon the two pages that we spent expositing a play in. Throw that out. I'm going to go there. Yeah. What a good use of two to four pages it was, also including the fight scene. I guess it was five. What a good use of five pages. I mean, the fight scene wasn't bad. Yeah, whatever, I'll stop dwelling on it because we've moved on from it now. Everybody has. The book has. We have. Forever. And it was just like, hey, Brant, thanks a lot. And Brant turns to camera and he goes, of course, always happy to help a friend. But it's not normal, Brant. He's a vampire. Dun, dun, dun. He's been a vampire all along. Okay, has he? I was thinking about this. I think so. How do we know? We don't. I just assume. See, I assumed that he had just recently been turned. Oh, I assumed he was a vampire all along trying to gain Angel's trust. Angel would smell it on him. How would Angel miss the fact that he was a vampire? How would literally everybody that came in contact with him? I don't know. Yeah. So I assumed that it was he was recently turned. Oh, I I have a different reading. I always and there's no I don't think there's any kind of confirmation on it. No. But I assumed that he was a vampire the whole time because he could pass and he was one of those new timey vampires that could like go out in the daylight. I guess he could be. It's very possible. That was my read on it, but maybe I'm wrong. But I just you I, can really take it either way. It doesn't really affect the story. It doesn't, except that. If you think he's a vampire all along, then you go back and you second guess all of the things that he did before. And, I don't know, I guess the reason that I liked my version of it, where I thought he was a vampire the entire time, is I didn't see it coming. Right. So it felt like more of a twist than versus, oh, this ally got turned. as Instead of being more of a guy who was trying to, like, gain Angel's trust just to, like, work under Archaeus the entire time. It's very possible. I don't have an answer, but... My brain went to, he just got turned. Okay. I, get, uh, I stand by mine, but I can read it your way, too. Yeah, doesn't really matter. Um. Also, so, reveal, big, big shocker. I don't like the reveal, because he's just sitting in a chair talking to Angel, and the only reason he's in vamp face is for the audience. Yes. I would much, let's say I'm doing the same scene, all the same dialogue, all the same everything. You just replace it, you can still do the behind kind of thing, 
you make it look like Brant is at a crime scene with a vampire. It looks like he's inspecting the body, but then you do the reveal, and he has, like, you know, it was him that killed the body all along. There's, like, blood running down his mouth or something. Just that would have been cool. Yeah, but just him talking on a cell phone. The only reason he's in vamp face is for the audience's sake. So I would have, especially because in my version of the read, he's been a vampire the entire time, but we haven't seen him in vamp face. You need to have a reason for him to be in vamp face. Yeah. Versus just dramatic turn. No, I totally get that. Also, Bantface generally changes their speech. Yeah, because they have a bunch of crap in their mouth. Right, but even in the books, like, their speech changes. You can tell when they're Bantface. Yeah, there's a different font. And so it's the kind of idea that I would like to think that... Well, even if you go by that logic, what you're saying is that, because we see that him talking to Angel on the phone, it's in the regular text. Whenever they're in Bantface, the text changes. The text only changes when he does the reveal to the camera. I don't like it, because you could find a functional way to do it. Yeah, you could, but they didn't. Yeah. Why am I not writing these? I don't know. It's a great question. Or at least editing. It would be nice. You'd be much less angsty about them. I feel like I could edit them well. Maybe I couldn't. I don't know. Maybe I'd be terrible at it. I feel like you'd be really good. What were we talking about the other day? The person in movies whose job it is to make sure that the... <laughs> Continuity is accurate. Yes. I feel like you'd do really well at that. So I'd make sure that Ben Affleck's stupid wig in the reshoot scenes of Justice League was consistent from shot to shot? Yes, you would. All right. What a bad movie. What an ugly bad movie. That's the other show. Okay. And Angel, with his tip from Vampire Brant of where Archaeus is, goes into a dank and dirty basement, once again, pulling a sword out from nowhere. He's big into that. I think they're all collapsible. They're not. There's no indication that that's what it is. He just keeps on pulling swords from places where swords couldn't be. A wizard did it. Yes. Perfect. Created a sword portal inside Angel's coat. Yeah, exactly. And Angel is jumped by a couple of vampires... That he quickly kills only to turn and see Angus. Not Agnes. Angus. And they're about to throw down only for Drusilla to come up behind him with some very Drew-like dialogue and basically says, go away, I'm going to talk to Angel. To Angus. I almost said Agnes. To Angus. Skinner? Yes, exactly. And then this is the conversation I was talking about earlier. Angel and Drew just, you know, they have a chat and a stroll. But Drusilla's dialogue is very coherent. There's no Drewisms in it. Which I found very boring. Yeah. You know, for the sake of trying to make it work, let's say that she is so under the thrall, like everyone else this season of Archaeus, that it's more Archaeus speaking through Drusilla. Which it could be. I You can read it that way. But I don't it, think it is. No, I just think they forgot to drew up the dialogue. Yeah. And basically she's like, let's be a family. And Angel's like, I don't want to be a family and talk about this. So Archaeus comes out of somewhere. In all fairness, a pretty awesome shot of him. Yeah, and he just goes, that's disappointing. Ooh, voice effect. Do you actually have one? Yeah. It's the same one I do for Lyria. Look, I don't have a lot of options in this editing software. Hmm. I went with the free one. Hmm. And he goes, can't reasonable beings talk through their problems? Way to change the dialogue slightly. It said differences, but I didn't realize it until after I said problems. Whatever. I do like it. It's this low angle shot kind of from behind Angel's shoulder blade, so you get a scale of how big Archaeus is compared to Angel. Archaeus is so large, he's ex- bigger than the panel itself. Yes, yeah, his half his head. It's a good effect. Yeah, half his head is cut off. I always love effects like that when, like, you know, it it is such a, I was going to say a movie trick, but I guess it's also true in comics. A visual medium trick of when you're trying to, like, show the scale of something, you make it look like it's a really big shot, but the thing that you're trying to frame within it is bigger than the actual frame. Yeah. It's a good effect. And Angel's like, I'm not going to be part of your evil plan. And our case is like, yeah, you are, because, you know, thrall. Right. And then all of a sudden, Angel falls down and gets back up with the vamp face on. Yeah. Don't call me Angel. 
I've always thought Angelus had a much better ring to it. Well, it kind of does. All right, here's the thing. I'm not, you know, no reason to bury the lead because I never bought it. Oh, Angel becoming Angelus? No. Yeah, no, I don't. I didn't buy it for a second. I he's, didn't either. He's faking it. Mostly because that's, I guess, so far what we haven't seen with Arceus. We've seen him control Angel and Spike both, and neither one of them had a personality switch. Drusilla hasn't really, unless her personality switch is more coherent dialogue. So he's like, I'm Angelus now. I'm like, yeah, no, no, you're faking. I would have potentially bought Evil Angel, but Evil Angel, not Evil Angelus. Well, and see, here's the thing, is that we know that there's some sort of a plan that's going on here. So Angel's like, let's do this as a team. He's not just going to go down there by himself or without any sort of precautionary backup. That's what I was like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I just, I never bought it. Yeah. And I guess it also suffers from the fact that I know that we're in the, like, final arc. And at least in the comics, we've never had, like, a cliffhanger season. Yeah. That'd actually be awesome if they did that. Wouldn't it stress you out, though? What if the book didn't get renewed? Uh, that would be a massive bummer. <laughs> I mean, I've had that happen with TV shows before. It was like, cliffhanger. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now we're stuck on the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Hanging. Um, forever. I guess they're all dead. Harsh. I don't know. But that happens sometimes. Yes. But we start the next arc where we have Sophie, Lavinia, Fred, and Faith being like, so Angel knows he's walking into a trap and he's going to pretend. Well, cool. So immediately undercut the last issue. Yeah. And they're all like, can Angel do it? And Faith is like, I hope. Also, I just realized how long we should have talked about that first issue. Yeah. There's just a lot of dialogue in there. We dwelled. The rest of it's pretty action heavy. I know. So they go to the location where they know Arceus is, only to run into Agnes. Agnes? I was going to say it, and then I decided it wasn't funny, and then I just stumbled. (laughs) Uh, That's how that went. So we find Angus. Down in the sewers, waiting for Faith and the rest. Who are equipped with crossbows and things. And Drusilla goes, oh, Faith has arrived. I'm going to say with super vamp senses. Works for me. Nowhere near them, but, you know, vampire senses. Yeah. And Angel kind of lays out the plan. They're like, hey, you got to try and kill him hard. They got Faith. Ko's a really good fighter. Fred has an old one inside of her. Maybe they just have walkie-talkies. Or vampire senses. Okay, sure. And Angel's like, kill him good. And our case is like, Drusilla, take all of the vampires and go get them. This is the equivalent of Dark Knight Rises of saying send the entire police force underground to get Bane. Every single one of them. Not gonna backfire. It never does. So the only ones that are left are Arceus, Angel, and Drew, just in case you were keeping score. I thought you were saying Nadira, because Drew left. Oh, did she? Yeah, of course. I guess she's part of all the vampires, isn't she? And she also gets into that fight in, like, a page. Oh my gosh, she does. (laughs) I forgot about that. Not cutting it. Leaving it. That's fine. And, you know, everyone's fighting. It's going fine, I guess. Well, I mean, they're killing a bunch of vampires. Yeah, like, things are dying and whatever. Yeah, some good action. Illyria's not there. It's just Fred. Fred and Co. are doing things. They fist bump. Angus dies. Angus does die. He gets decapitated by Faith. Yeah. I like the fist bump. It's a good yeah, little moment. I do too. Co's like, I do not understand the significance of this gesture. And Fred just says... It means we kick ass, partner. Yeah, you do. It was pretty cute. And Co's like, I like this. Drusilla arrives with a bunch of vampires behind her. And they're about to throw down. And Faith goes, yeah, you and what are... Okay, I guess I walked into that one. Because there's a whole army of vampires behind. But it's weird. Because they've been there the whole time. It's not like they appeared. So this is one of two things. Yes. One, the writer and the artist weren't connecting on the script. Or two, Faith just likes to speak in cliches. Which again, strike against the writer, I guess. Yeah, because that's not really Faith. She's all about the witty comment. 
But you in what army? When she is literally looking at Drusilla in an army again, they don't appear out of nowhere. They're just there. Yeah, that's not, not in the shadow. There. It's not really a pun at that point. No, so I don't know. Either way, it doesn't work. Being harsh to this. You are. Well, give me a page, and I'll get harsh again because it's my favorite little flub. I think that we've done so far. So basically, what happens is. We're killing off a bunch of vampires, and Faith taunts Drew, saying, Oh, I see you leave it all to your little minions now. Like, do you not ever come out and fight anymore? Do you not get your hands dirty? And then there's a panel of Drew, and you can definitely see either editorial mandate, or usually what happens is, you know, writers have to give a pass, like, once everything is done to kind of do a last-minute change on something if it needs to happen. Just, I assume that's the way Dark Horse does it as well, as the writer kind of goes like, oh, wait, change this, this, and this. Yeah, probably. Just in case. And there's a panel of Drew with her mouth open, definitely talking, but there is no word balloon. So, boo. Also hilarious. It is hilarious, because Drew's just standing there with her mouth half open. (laughs) Oh, I don't do what? I don't get my hands dirty anymore? Hang on. I need to breathe for a minute from my mouth, even though I don't breathe. Moving it, on. Either way, it's hilarious. It's hilarious and just, I think this arc, more than any other one, kind of screams bad editing. I guess, yeah, because I have it's not... It's not bad as a whole is the thing, but there are just these moments that go like, no one caught that? Yeah, I've noticed that. Or rather, I haven't noticed that in the other ones. I've noticed it during this arc. Calling you out series editor Freddie Miller and Jib Gibbons, and you assistant editors Spencer Cushing. Just so we're clear, you just went to the back of the book to check the acknowledgments. There was a change in editor. I should have noted when that happened. Maybe it's now. I'd have to go check compared to the other books. Maybe we'll come back on that. Note that for our retrospective episode when there was an editor change in Dark Horse. Duly noted. Because I know when Scott Alley left, but I know he is more than left the company. Just Google search that. You'll see why. I'd rather not. You don't need to tell me either. Let's go back to Faith and Angel. Anywho. Yeah, so after that weird panel of Drew not saying something... The two of them start a duel. I really enjoy that Drew is using a fencing foil here, as she should. And Faith is just using, like... A sword. Yeah. She's like, I don't care about your dumb, weird little thing. And Drew is winning. Yeah. Drew's kicking ass. She is, and she's just grinning from ear to ear as well. She's winning and grinning. And spinning. I guess she's spinning with her foil. I guess. And Archaea sends Angel on a mission. He's going to go pretend that he's Angel, even though he is Angel. Tricky. Is going to try and talk Nadira into convincing the magic to come down to this weird tunnel. So that Arceus can give it a gift, because Arceus has a gift for it. Yeah, he wants to try and trick the magic into being like, I'm the best guy around. But he won't tell anybody what the gift is. Yeah, and he's like, hey, good try, Angelus. It didn't actually happen. And Nadira's like, no, not Angelus. So Angel shoots her a quick old little wink. He's in vamp face, and then he goes back to regular face. Okay, can we talk about how obvious that wink would be to everybody else in that room? Well, also, just with kind of the logic of the show, we know that the transition from vamp face to, like, human face makes a noise. Mm-hmm. So we would have to unvamp, like, make a noise, and then wink. And then Angel turns and does the most impractical of punches to Arceus. It's a big thing that we see in a lot of pop culture, like this big double-fisted thing where people kind of, like, wrapped their fists in their hand and they punch that way. Like, it somehow adds power. Totally impractical. Does not work at all. Never punch someone like that. Duly noted. I plan on never punching anybody. Visually, it's an interesting looking punch, but in reality, it is 
a good way to break your fingers and worthless. But you know what? This book is as far away from reality as about you can get. And Angel's plan is run away. Isn't that always Angel's plan? I suppose. And they do. And Archaeus can't follow them down a tunnel for some reason. And he sends Faith a text that just says, I got her. Angel does. Yeah. So Not Archaeus. If Archaeus and Faith were on texting terms, how much funnier would that be? That would be a lot better. would be like, gotta get your friends. <laughs> hey, buddy, what's up? You up? No, that's not what Arceus would text. Be funny. No. And it turns out Faith was pretending to lose the fight all along and then turns the tide against Drew, kicking her in the face. And then Drew, who was upset that she was that Faith was playing her, turns the whole army of vampires against them. It's not a bad plan, trying to just, like, funnel it down to just one versus all of them. It's really not a bad plan. And also, the... Faith and Drew fight just reminds me of The Princess Bride, where yeah. they have their sword fighting scene, and Wesley's just smiling, and the other guy's like, why are you smiling? And he's like, because I'm really not left-handed either. That's Mandy Patankin. Yeah, that's right. And Nigo Montoya. My name is Nigo Montoya. Kill my father, Bridge die. Have you ever read that book? No. That's really funny. I'll bring it home for you sometime. Cool. I haven't. And then they run away and get into a car where Sophie and Lavinia, I guess, are, you know, there to be the getaway driver. Because they said earlier on in the issue that they just wanted to make sure they weren't going to be left with the car. Yeah, and they were. Yeah, they were. And Fred's like, that was close. And Faith goes, what, you never played Ring and Run with vampires before? And Kyle responds with, I do not understand that reference, and I'm kind of with you, Kyle. I guess, what, you just ring a doorbell and run away? Is that what I think so. Ding dong ditch. That sounds dumb. I can't help that. I didn't come up with it. I've also never participated in it. Neither have I. Back at the home of Rupert Giles, or maybe not Giles, everyone's back together. Anybody else. He's like, thank God all of our problems are solved. Let's hope Archaeus doesn't have any other things happening. And we just see the big old statue container roll into town. So, you know, plan B. And what happens as soon as the statue gets into town? But immediately there's this swirly blue cloud around it. And it's not Illyria. And the eyes of the statue start glowing. Look, the magic went in it. The magic's in the statue. Shockingly, the statue is actually a container meant to hold magic. So there you go. Neat. Why would you need that in the old magic? I don't know. I don't question these things. I only know it from the new magic. And Nadira mentions to everyone that something is happening. And the whole team gets together because they're a team and they're a family. And blah, blah, we all know that stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But aside from all those, we see Spectre Brandt. Maybe a new vampire. Maybe an old vampire. We don't really know. But definitely a vampire. He goes into his office only to have Angel dramatically click the light on with the onomatopoeia of click. Click. I love it. While sitting at Brandt's desk. What I love about this stuff, I always love dramatic moments like this. Like, how long did you have to wait? How long did you have to wait? Were you there for 20 minutes? Like 10 seconds? Five hours? How long were you sitting there just waiting for that dramatic reveal? I really hope that it is like five hours. Yeah. This goes Brandt. He responds, Angel. They lock eyes. Weird. Two gunslingers in a duel. And Brandt rushes at him, turns into a vampire. So I guess, you know, Angel knows. Here he does now. So Angel... Is fighting him off. Yeah, he's like, oh, convenient how you sent us right into Archaeus's lair where he knew we were coming. And Brant is like, don't you want to be part of the winning team? Can't you see where this is all going? Archaeus will take over the world, and it's better to be on his side than not. And it was like, you're just one corrupt cop. And then all the other cops are like, we're all corrupt. Ha ha! And he's just like, no. And vampires. Not good. And it's looking pretty bad for Angel when all of a sudden Faith shows up. And they just killed them all. Yeah. Did they kill Brant, too? Brant's the first to die. Wow, harsh. See, I really think he was just turned. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, whatever. Brant is now dead. Long live Brant. You know, we'll have this core disagreement that will lead to our inevitable divorce. 
Oh my gosh. This is really going to be it? Yeah, the Brant. Nothing else? Brant did it. What else would do it? I don't know. But this one? You picked this one? Yeah. Okay. Not like, who ate all the cheese in the fridge? We still have like three different things of cheese in the fridge. Four. Wait, no, we left that at a princess. We have three different things of cheese in the fridge. So the answer is, a big mouse. Yes. Came and ate all of the cheese. And Angel and Faith walk away victorious. But, you know, there's still problems to be had. Going back to Arceus's lair, Drusilla's, like, our gift has been accepted. So, you know, they're playing all along to get the magic inside this container. But it turns out this container is having some weird issues because he stole a puppy. Yes, his first act as a sentient being with a body is to take a puppy off the ground whose name is... Dimples. Dimples the puppy. (laughs) I and do love the old line. demon lady whose dimples is on her. She just goes, my dimples. Help, help. He's got my dimples. No context. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> and I also love that everybody around, just like random civilians, are like, what's that statue doing to that old lady? But it's not her. It's dimples. And if I were a newly created statue, I would also find the first dog and take that. I mean, maybe don't do that. But yeah, I love how everyone comes to this old woman's defense. They're like, he stole a puppy. Kill it! Kill it! Not the puppy, the statue. Right, yeah. Which is a fair reaction. I don't know if that's a fair reaction, but... If someone stole a puppy... It'd be bad. They rush at the statue with a pipe and a wrench. If someone stole our dog, I would also rush at them with a pipe and a wrench. Where would you... Nope, I don't want to have that. Where would Um, I what? I was going to say, where would you find those items? We own both of those items. Oh, do we? I have many wrenches and some pipes. (laughs) You downgraded from many to some... You sound like you're part of Clue. Like I killed the dog napper in the basement in, in the podcast studio with, with a wrench, the wrench, and or pipe. <laughs> Did a lead pipe? That's important. No, I don't have a lead pipe. Oh, good. I do have this puppy. It's though. important for us that it's not a lead pipe, but it's important for the game that it is. They try and get the puppy back, and the statue just whaps them away because he likes the puppy. And so Nadira comes running up because thankfully we saved Nadira. Yeah, and she's like. You can't kill these guys. They're just afraid you're going to hurt the puppy. Let the puppy go. (laughs) It's a very Moses-esque thing. I like, and then he puts the puppy down and the old lady even just goes, my precious dimples. (laughs) Again, out of context, hilarious statement. Maybe that should be our next dog's name, Dimples. And Adira's like, hey, the magic, I know that you're young and you're afraid. And you just found this body to kind of, you know, roam around in. Yeah. I preferred Roam Around in. I preferred Inhabit. Interrupting. We'll go on the list of reasons why we're getting a divorce. <laughs> right under Brandt. <laughs> I feel like you interrupt me more. So much more. I'm so, so much more. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a bad habit I have. That's okay. I don't mean to interrupt. It's more just a thought enters my brain and I just vomit it out. <laughs> <laughs> you probably do it in real life too and I just don't even notice Con- anymore. Oh, constantly. Constantly. I did it tonight. You just did it right then. Yeah. I'm still talking and you said constantly over it. There you go. Yeah, stuck with me now. <laughs> In your interrupting ways. <laughs> Don't mean to. And the statue grabs Nadira's hand and she goes, gasp! And then Fred Gasp! Goes, yeah, Sorry. Gasp! And Fred goes running. She's like, no, Nadira! She tries to separate the statue from Fred and the statue chokes her out. Yes. And Illyria inconsistently arrives because Fred was hurt. Only when it's plot convenient. Yeah. I don't like it. That she just shows up when they need her to and not other times when Fred is in dangerous situations. Yeah, I want Illyria to be, I understand that she's supposed to be unpredictable, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like I want Illyria to be triggered Sometimes, consistently. Yeah. 
Fred gets hit or sometimes. Not. Yes. And nothing happens, and sometimes she's hit, and Illyria's like, how dare you? And sometimes something happens, and Fred's like, I can feel Illyria, but I'm not going to get... Like, it's just weird. Yeah. And the two of them attempt to fight. Illyria, as she did earlier in the season, throws a car with no effort. So weird. At the statue, who turns it into rose petals. Oh, fun. Because it's magic, the yeah. statue. Yeah. Including doing things like trying to zap it with her new energy projection powers that we never knew she had. Doesn't do anything. Except it does alert Angel to where everybody is. Yeah, so he's like, uh. He's like, I'm going to go where the glowing thing in the sky is. And Ko rushes at Alira. He's like, no, stop. It wasn't trying to hurt you. It was just trying to defend itself because Fred attacked it. So Alira just chokes out Ko. Yes. I have to give Ko a lot of credit here. So Illyria's like about to take over everything because she's Illyria. Well, she's like, I'm not going to listen to your crap. You want to kill me for revenge. Yeah. And Ko's like, the creature who wanted revenge is no longer here. We are not the same people, either of us. Fred is a part of you. You're an old one living in coexistence. Something which has perhaps never happened before. Someone needs to be the first to trust, to break the cycle. I will not fight you, Illyria. Look, it just goes on for a while. He's like, yeah, I'm not about revenge anymore. I've changed for some reason. It really does go on for a while. And he kind of finishes just by saying, you have no enemies here. And Illyria recedes back into Fred. It was, I feel like I'm making a lot of metaphors to other things, but it was very Hulk-esque with the sun's coming down, big boy. (laughs) Not quite the line, but I like yours better. (laughs) I wish it was that one. Sun's coming down, big boy. I don't care. Close enough, wrong enough that it's funny. (laughs) Hey, I think I've slept through every single time that that has been shown around me in a while. One of us is nocturnal. The other is not. And Angel and Fred finally arrive, you know, swords pulled out. They're like, what's happening? And the deer's like, hang on, hang on. We're trying to figure it out. Magic's in a statue. Kind of a baby. We're working on it. And then Archaeus shows up. He's like, ha ha, t'was I who ordered the statue. Amazon primed that. What? This statue? Where did that come from? Well, besides Archaeus just being like, I made it happen. And he jumps down and he's like, oh, I see you're trying to attack me. You violent, evil people. I'm just here to try and help the magic. I want to be its friend, unlike the rest of you with your pointy, pointy weapons. He goes, and I'm just, I'm offering a choice to the magic. I'm not telling the magic what it needs to do. I'm not threatening it. I'm not doing anything other than saying, here is a gift of a bronze body, and I want you to join me because I think that we can do good things to the taking over the world part. So the magic goes, all right, sounds good, and starts to saunter on over to Archaeus. I know, the magic... The magic's an idiot. The magic keeps getting close-up shots of its face with its glowing eyes, except its expression can't change because it's bronze. Yeah, and it reaches out to Arceus. So instead, everyone else runs in and tries to stab Arceus. Good times. And since Arceus has a bunch of, you know, spidery bits on his back, he does Angel's favorite pastime and crucifies him. Right. Angel's just like, yes, Jesus imagery. But Angel comes up with a plan. Oh, really, Fred does. Fred comes up with a plan. I couldn't remember. Wait, no, it was Faith. Faith comes up with a plan. <laughs> That's the last one, honest to God. And her plan is, everyone go grab its arms so I can stab it. It's a great plan, actually, because... To be fair, it works. Arceus has these, like, weird bone... Spidery arms. Tendril things, as Co- well as really thick, muscular arms. Co grabs the spidery ones. Angel gets crucified with the big ones, and Faith stabs him a bunch in the gut. And it's great. Yeah, good times. You can see the magic watching this exchange the whole time, and Angel's like, you'll never win because you have a bunch of minions and we're family, and me and Buffy and Spike took you down because we're family, and that's a weird thing to call the three of us. 
But we're a family anyway. And he laughs. He's like, haha, I have a family too. Magic time will be mine one way or another. And Drusilla and a bunch of vampires all come up from behind him, greatly outnumbering our three fighters. And Archaeus goes, I learned a lot from fighting you in California. That Now the strength of family will make me overcome yours. And I thought of you for this next little bit. Why? Why? Because didn't, don't you like this? Faith says, I'll take the 500 on the left. You take the 500 on the right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the finale. Of Angel. Yeah. We get some gun dialogue. Except I think he said 50,000. But did it bring you joy? It brought me a lot of joy. I, I love the would. callback. I knew it would. Love it. But my favorite part here is that Co was like, I do not understand. I do not think we will be able to. And then he goes, ah, gallows humor. <laughs> I love Co. He's fun. But I did like Faith dropping the gun dialogue, or at least a close variation of it. I knew you would. It's a good time. At least I know you well. Yeah. I I don't know. Your favorite things what? are when heroes are in a line and villains are in a line, and when you see them walking towards each other in their lines. I know, but for me, references are a tough one. Sometimes they're a little too shoehorned. I don't. I really cannot describe the formula for what makes a good reference and what makes a bad reference. I thought this one was a good one. This one works for me 100%. It works well. It's also from something that, if you're familiar with the show, it's a fun and clever callback. If you're not, it's entirely something that Faith would say at this moment. Just thinking about that episode now. A good episode. I don't know. I still, I I like this. It's a great episode. So we're all fighting. We got a small line and a big line. And the magic is watching it all. Yeah. And our case is like, you could have joined me, but you refused. And Drusilla jumps forward. She's like, ooh, kill everyone else. Make Angel watch. She's like, shut up, bitch. And slaps her. I know. It was harsh. And the magic watches this. And the magic is like, not good. Reacting. Unsilent. Unmoving. But, you know, he's like... Definitely still silent. Yeah. He's way... You know, he's putting beans inside of a scale going, that doesn't seem very family-like. Are they jelly beans? They're jelly beans. A la Boy Meets World. You know, I was being subtle. Were you? I don't know. Arceus is about to attack with his army when all of a sudden the residents of Magic Town arrive to be like, You're not gonna kill Angel and company without going through us. Which, as you guys are just, like, kind of expendable... Probably not that bad. Yeah, you're super dead. So it's Rory the bartender leading the charge with Parka, Parker, and Trisha. What was that main accent? I forgot forgot his name. Parka? Parka. Wow. Is he a coat? (laughs) Yeah. This is a little weird for me because, like, Angel and Faith are a part of us. You know what? This is all Angel's fault that you all look like weird cat people and demons. It's entirely his fault. Don't come to his defense. If anything, turn against him. I like how your two options are cat people or demons. Rory looks like a cat or a monkey. Mm. A conky? Conky? I don't know. Not great. So, but their little heroic speech of like, you can't get through them without going through us. It just makes everybody in our little merry band of followers smile. Yeah, so they all attack. The magic just continues to watch like a jackass. Doing nothing. And once again, Fred and Drusilla get into a fight. You know, it's just chaotic. Everyone's attacking everyone. And oh my god. And the vampires that are with Arceus are like, we were promised an easy victory. And, because they're losing. And Drusilla sees the way it's going and just pieces out. As Drew does. (laughs) But you know what? She lives to fight another day. I know. I really think that 
Drew, I understand that's the entire point, that Drew's not supposed to be as crazy as everybody thinks she is. She's a really strong survival instinct. She's like, ah, oh, no, things are turning. I'm leaving. Okay, bye. And there was that one time that Spike choked her out, which made no sense because she doesn't have an airway, and they ran away. And then Angel set her on fire, and she ran away. In fire. In flames. And then Drusilla went back to Sunnydale and ran away. Mm-hmm. And then L.A. went to hell, and I guess she went sane. Then Spike made her go crazy, and she ran away. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the rest of the times. Yeah, there's a lot of running away. <laughs> She's good at it. And all the other vampires also run away, leaving just Arceus to fight Angel, Co, Faith, Nadira, in Magic Town, all by himself. So he changes his plan. He's like, hey, if I can't win with my family because I don't have one anymore, then I'm just going to kill Nadira if you don't help me, the magic. Right. And that may not have been the best thing to say to the magic, because the magic still recognizes Nadira as its companion, mentor, mother. Buddy. Older sister. Biffle. Something. It's connection. It still recognizes that it has a connection, even though it's a part of a statue. More than an acquaintance. Fraternity. It's literally half of Nadira. And the magic repeats what it did earlier in the season with Amy, and just bottles up Arceus inside the statue. And they go, well, that's someone else's problem in a thousand years when he busts out. So, <laughs> problem solved, I guess. I guess, but it, I feel like we could have done more things to make sure that in a thousand years, Arceus was, I don't know. Anyway. Especially since we know a good number of characters who are a thousand years old. A thousand years seems to matter less in this universe. But anyway, Arceus is now contained inside of the hollow statue. And the magic itself leaves and kind of goes away to go think for a bit. Yeah. As a weird entity does. It's a really Jafar-esque ending. Ultimate power! Itty bitty living space. Appreciate it. I liked your layup there. What? Good job. No. I've seen Aladdin once or twice. I wouldn't have got there if you did that line, so hey. Really? Oh yeah, I like, no, I like it. Okay, there you go. I'll keep it going basketball, right? A little bit of an alley-oop there. Wow. I was going to say, so we're canceling the branch argument divorce. Our marriage was saved. By Aladdin. Aladdin, yes. As it should be. Thank God. And so, Arceus at one point, right when he picks up Madeira, he goes, You thought you were going to make it out of this with no casualties? Well, this is the first one to die. And then he goes through his whole Nadira thing. We kind of forgot to mention that bit because we got distracted by the magic, then putting him inside of the statue. And we see that there is a casualty. Yeah. A character we cared greatly for and remembered the name of for this whole season. We saved Nadira. So life was great there. But we turn around and there's a little group of people around Parker who is dead. Who's bleeding from... Everywhere. Or nowhere. There just seems to be blood. But no consistent... You know, except from the eyes and the mouth. But boy, that's everywhere. And his creature girlfriend is just sobbing over him. It's heartbreaking. Okay, and here's the most heartbreaking part, is that nobody says anything during this whole thing. And then we flip over to the next page, and we're just back at... <laughs> we just ignore it. It's all and, fine. And we ignore it. Parker we go, is We legitimately dead. just go to a rooftop party of our friends. Like, Parker has died, and I expected there to be some level of... Remember season eight, when all the Slayers died, and like, it was kind of a somber situation like do you remember that one who escaped the taliban died and buffy held her hand while she passed okay that was less somber but because that never happened i I remember that part but poor parker dies (laughs) i dwell on so many unnecessary things you really do poor parker dies and nobody 
like in, in the moment they have like there's a page there's, there's a, a page but i kept expecting them during this party to like at some point raise their glasses and say something to parker or for parker's sacrifice or in parker's memory not that parker that buffy slept with and there's nothing maybe it's the same parker maybe it's not we just don't mention parker ever again and it is bizarre yeah and they're all up they're grilling on top of a roof co is making a burger and a hot dog fred made some potato salad and so he refuses it because it was gonna go straight to her thighs everybody actually refuses poor fred's potato salad <laughs> yeah co doesn't even want it. he's like the hell is mayonnaise gross yeah and you know they just kind of wrap up the season as we mentioned nadira says that the magic is off doing its own thing and angel and faith are like hey we're back together again and faith is like angel is the worst guy i know it relaxing he can't do it at all i don't know anybody like that hi Um, listeners of our podcasts that we do in our spare time after all of our other things i don't relax well (laughs) no that's an understatement (laughs) and even when you do try to relax you have it scheduled out according to what... When I can squeeze it in around projects. Or like what TV slash movie things you've missed and in what order and time frame they're going to fit the best. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And Angel and Faith finally reconnect. They have a moment of peace. And Faith goes, you know what? I'm ready to stick around again. It's going to be Angel and Faith forever. And Angel's like, yay, teammate, buddy. Get ready for next season of Just Angel, Faith is Gone, no explanation. Really? Oh yeah, totally canned. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> so much stuff just gets canned. I wonder why. Zane Pharmaceutical, never brought up again. Okay, I don't care about Zane's Pharmaceutical. I care more about Faith than I do about a weird fake pharmaceutical company. Well, she shows up in Buffy. But still, like... Oh yeah, the Angel Faith thing is canned. I want there to be something like, Faith, you're urgently needed because... I want anything that isn't the next season of Angel. Well... So there's that. Again, we'll get there. The reason I harp on certain things is I feel like they were fixable things. As a whole, I like, you know, let's just talk about the season as a whole in this arc, I guess. I like a lot of the ideas. I like a lot of the execution. I like a lot of the dialogue. The art is gorgeous. It really is. I really enjoy this art. The stuff that I harp on for the most part, the things that annoy me the most, are fixable problems. Mm Because this is a conceptually i think this is a great season and execution i think it hits it 85 percent of the time right but it's the stuff where i'm just like come on guys do another pass on this on certain things that just pull me out and bug me this is a very solid season this is really good for the most part i love archaeus i love that the story kind of ping-ponged back and forth between buffy and angel i just as a whole i think this is a solid season i like how everything comes together at the end but there's just stuff that should have been caught yeah, it's it's almost more frustrating because it's not robot Buffy pregnancy level of weird or not good on a idea level. It's it's really good. And I guess it's the harder part too is that it doesn't really happen through most of this season. It's just at the very end of this season that it's like they were trying to rush through these last couple issues and they didn't quite catch all of the things. But I really liked this arc. I liked the season as a whole on Angel. Me too. I liked last season too. Angel as a book, for the stuff that we've covered, there is stuff that we intentionally did not because we're not counting it as canon anymore. But as a whole, Angel has been a more consistent book 
between the After the Fall stuff, not the rest of the IDW stuff, but, and then going into season nine of Angel is really strong. This season I thought was strong as well, and I like that this season piggybacks on a lot of the ideas that started in the previous season and expanded on them. Yeah, and I like seeing Fred and Faith together because those are two characters that we grew to know very well, but they, they had never met each other. I wish Fred's return was explained a little better other than, oh, there she is. Yeah, found her on a street. Yeah. And, of course, my big complaint, which I still desperately want to see, is Fred and Spike together again. Even just for one conversation. Yeah. And I still have my consistent complaint of, I want Angel supporting cast. Getting Fred and O'Leary is a good start. Who knows? But really, just give me Connor and Gunn. Throw... Maybe they'll listen to you. You have a platform now. Dear listeners, <laughs> and a please write in. A platform where I get angry about minutia. Please write in to Dark Horse and tell them all of your slash our thoughts. Here are my complaints and criticisms. Look, if you want some story notes, I'll give them to you. If you want some ideas of where to go, I got places. But I did like this. I, I... liked... I liked a lot of things about it. Ooh, that could be part of our retrospective episode. What would we do for future arcs? It could be. I got a good one for Angel, I think. Makes sense. I'd have to work on a Buffy one. I could do an Angel one. Alright. I liked it. It didn't... We only had a couple pages of rather unnecessary dialogue. That um, that was the only part that felt more or less not used to its best extent. And Angel as a whole is a lot... Feels tighter than Buffy does. I mean, it's five issues less. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a falter when Angel disappears from the book. You can feel that pretty heavily. I think because they took a scenario in which they could have easily put Angel in, and they just took Angel out of it, and somehow that made it feel less... You could feel Angel's disappearance more because of it. And I like Fred and Faith as characters. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to get bored with them, but if you put anyone in a, you know, boring scenario, I guess, then I'm not going to be interested in it. I don't care who you have. Yeah. But anyway, that's season 10 of Angel. And that's, I do want to kind of, just in general with the writer, I feel like we could tell when he had a little more free reign. And I feel like that's where it really shown through with high quality. Mm-hmm. You can almost, when you could feel the editorial mandate is when I feel like the book suffered. In the same way, I feel like his original Spike miniseries suffered because that was all about let's get rid of the bug ship. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. As a whole, I like it. I know. I mean, I pick up on the things that don't work and I feel like I probably focus on those more than I focus on the things that do work. Probably. I I hope I hit both. I don't know. I feel like you do. Oh, I do. I don't know. I do like this season for as much as I do complain about minutia. Yes. So. Gosh, because. Don't don't dwell on it yet. We're not there. I know. We're not there. Well, part of the show, as I do really try and stay positive about things. Well, yeah, because we're doing this because I like this stuff. It's fun, not yeah. because it's a chore to go through all of these comics. It's about to become a chore. On the other hand, some really great stuff. On the other hand, on the other hand, <laughs> you know, you'll see. You'll just have to listen and find yeah, out. It's coming sooner rather than later. Where can you find us? Yeah, I guess we can do that part. I was just going to say, season 10, I liked you a lot on Angel. And I guess Buffy too. I liked you both. I liked both of them. Yeah. We'll talk uh, next week's the finale of Buffy. Good length, especially on the Angel side. And there you go. I thought we didn't mention the guy enough. Solid, solid stuff from Will Conrad. I loved his art this season. Yeah, I don't feel like we did either, but... All right, so we're moving on to the plugging. Editorsnotecomics.com on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to get the show a week early, patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. Minimum of a buck a month. We'll get you the remainder of this show. The remainder of it? Oh, or, you know, this is the end of season 10, and right now only season 11 exists beyond it. Yeah, well. But then maybe we'll announce something. Maybe. I don't know. We haven't gone that far yet. We floated ideas. Or I floated them at you, and you kind of looked at me. 
Guys, if only you knew what we were scheduling around right now for life things, I feel like you'd be on my side. Look, I know we're running out of content, but, but, hear me out. I have thoughts. Grad school, here I come. Yeah, I guess that's about it. We'll be back next week to finish up season 10 proper with Buffy. Season 10. I had to think about what season we were on. Anyway, we'll talk to you then.